0: Burnout can happen at any time. When you're working nonstop, around the clock, on a startup, pushing the limits and scaling your business, or when holidays or other personal obligations get piled on top of an already overcommitted schedule. What can you do about it? My next guest, Dr. Deb Carlin, has some solutions.
1: This is Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hassel-Kelchner giving you the inside scoop on how to
0: ignite more business success by doing the right things in the right way.
1: Brought to you by Business M-O-L-L-C.
0: Dr. Deb Carlin is no stranger to obstacles. She's used her own life adversities and passion to help others gain clarity to maximize their potential and their performance to make their dreams come true. She's an award-winning social psychologist, author of the self-improvement book, Build the Strength Within, as well as the CEO and President of Partners in Excellence, LLC. Psychology is at the center of every issue, including work process and production. And when you take care of the people dynamics things improve and shift upwards, and that's exactly why she works with organizations to help them assess the human factors and eliminate the psychological bottlenecks that keep them from meeting their business and and fiscal goals effectively. She's a sought-after speaker and professional consultant, and she's shared her expertise in hundreds of audio programs, radio shows, videos, including her own blog talk radio show, The K-Factor. She's fearless about being direct, but compassionate about exposing incompetence, non-compliance, and absolute ignorance. <laughs> exactly my kind of no-nonsense guest. It's an honor and privilege to call her a friend. She's been on the show before, so it's a real treat to welcome her back. Let's have her join us now. Welcome to Business Confidential Now, Deb.
1: <laughs> Thank you. That, that's quite the build-up there. I love it. I absolutely love it. Thank you for that. And, you know, as I was listening to you, when you got to say phys- fiscal, you said physical, and I thought, great, that's perfect, because everything I do is holistic, and it involves the physical as well as the fiscal, because they influence one another. We have to keep ourselves in great shape in every dimension of our being so i think it was a good omen that you blended those two words thank you and thank you so much for the opportunity to be here
0: well it's wonderful to have you here yeah i know that was maybe a freudian slip and
1: <laughs> appropriate yes, it was perfect <laughs> yep 100 percent. that you. especially
0: talking about burnout um, yes Let's let's talk about that. I mean, I think some people are in fear of it. Some people probably slip into it unknowingly, yeah. and, and all of a sudden have physical symptoms instead of fiscal because they're not meeting their their goals. But mm-hmm. it's just, you know, what exactly is it? I mean, you talk about it from mm. you know the, the more correct mm. medical perspective. Mm-hmm. What is burnout? How does it differ from the normal stress people feel every day?
1: You know, <clears throat> the reality of stress, if you look it up in the dictionary, you're going to find a couple of different definitions, and one of them is a physical and one of them is a psychological. But what we're talking about is just the example that they give in there, in the dictionary. You know, if you take a balloon and you blow it up with air or water, when it gets to the point where that balloon material is just stretched taut, it's under stress. And that's not a bad thing. You can, you can do all kinds of things with it. You can deflate it a little bit. The problem is that we, we become that balloon and we think that we can just exhale for a moment and then take a deeper breath and then exhale for a moment and take a deeper breath or not even really exhale. Just keep taking that deeper breath. Keep pushing harder. What happens is that that fiber of that balloon gets stretched so far that it just starts to break And I'm talking about before it it bursts, because then we're talking about a massive heart attack or a stroke or something that happens to people, but burnout is a long-sustained reality of what happens when your mind is so overworked, overwrought, overwhelmed. Where your mind goes, the energy flows, and where your energy flows, your body follows. We can't go anywhere <laughs> without ourselves. So mind, body, and spirit go everywhere with you. And when you start to feel frayed, even a little bit, don't dismiss it in any way. Your adrenal glands are starting to signal you. Your brain is sending out messages to your body, neurotransmitters that are letting you know the reason that your gut is twisting, your head is aching, your joints are hurting is because you're starting to experience a breakdown of tissues. You need replenishment. People get very uncomfortable with the idea of relaxation when they're in high performance mode as though somehow that means that they're going to have to stop. People tell me this all the time. No, I can't stop what I'm doing. I'm not asking you to stop. I'm asking you to pause and pace. And if you don't, burnout is that experience that we all have of craving a release, a nap, a vacation, a getaway, a drink, a smoke, something to release us from what we're in the throes of, something that we're in the throes of most frequently that we're very dedicated to. How's that for an answer? A there's a
0: lot, there's a lot of meat in there. And i putting my head around here when you're saying pause and pace.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
0: fascinating. Because, mm-hmm. especially in the United States, we have such a workaholic culture. People mm-hmm. wear it like a badge of honor. Oh, mm-hmm. I was in the office uh, so many hours and so many hours this week. And certain professions in particular, that Thrive on billable hour models. I oh, mean, the yeah. more hours you bill. Oh, I was thinking about that client in the shower. Oh, there's a quarter hour. There's a half hour. Is it really there? I mean, they're constrained by 24 hours in a day. So if they can bill 22, they're happy. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> and and they, you know, there have been uh, stories about people abusing time zone changes and billing those kinds of things. Are the road warriors, especially in a workaholic culture. How do we get ourselves to pause and pace without feeling like we're being lazy?
1: You know, 40 years ago, Quaker Oats decided to start having their employees do yoga. (laughs) On the job, start the day or take the break. Blue Cross Blue Shield has done things like that. I've been involved in those activities with Blue Cross Blue Shield, a host of companies around the country small and large, Fortune 50 companies, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, Fortune 100 companies, various school settings, hospitals, you name it. And we've started teaching yoga to law enforcement and having officers, even when they're fully uniformed, just be able to sit and get into the moment. We, in this drive to work, need to remember that when we are pushing ourselves really hard, it's just like a a marathon runner. You really have to set a pace and you have to have an end goal where even that marathon runner knows that they're going to get to that end mile and they're going to have fluid replenishment, they're going to have resting replenishment, they're going to be able to sit, to lay, to have their body restore, to have the mind restore. And then they're not going to do that for some short period of time and get up and run again, run another marathon. No, they're going to pace themselves. They're going to eat and sleep and have their body movements, help their body recover from what they've gone through. People mistakenly think that the weekend perhaps, is their replenishment time. I defy people to really map it out what you do on a weekend, Saturday and Sunday, those two short days. What do you do on those two short days that really replenishes you from the previous five? A lot of people are working them, or they're doing so many social activities that even though they're social, they're a grind, or they're work-related, or they're just so obligatory. It's draining. If you think about yourself as a checking account, put a check and balance on a piece of paper and start writing down all the things that are your expenditures physiologically, emotionally, psychologically, intellectually. Forget about the financial end of it. And then think about all the things that are the deposits back into you and and ask yourself in a week in a day where's the balance where are you replenishing you know sometimes people tell me well i sleep i sleep at night i'm replenishing then not necessarily and i'm not talking about sleep disorders during the night when we hook people up to physiological machines we see that people experience sometimes more anxiety at night while they're sleeping than they do during the day because they haven't sufficiently dealt with issues during the day. So their mind, without the stimulus of the awake world, is running through things and they're replaying them and they're releasing gastric acid into their gut. Their heart rate is increasing. That's not rest. That's nighttime activity. So we're really called upon to work our way through the issues of the day in the moment don't put it off work them through in the moment come up with the solutions don't procrastinate them come up with them in the moment when every moment becomes useful not just to pass it by but becomes useful and as intentional as we can humanly make them we resolve so much it's amazing we're actually more productive But your pace of doing that has to be such that you actually allowed yourself the time frame for your mind to think things through, to be reflective. So let me give you an example. If you're a person whose day is meeting, backing to meeting, backing to meeting, and if in that meeting you've got another long agenda and another long agenda and another long agenda, when is it that you process and actually do? I worry about that with people. When I'm, when I'm the consultant working with a group and then I see that people have more than just a couple meetings a day and they're going in and getting barraged and loaded up, I ask them to consider the ways things can be restructured and rescheduled. We can't run from place to place and just make appearances. We need to have senses of accomplishment burnout happens when we don't even have time to reflect about our sense of accomplishment let alone really achieve it that's when we get frayed frayed around the edges and then it penetrates towards the center and before you know it people are saying only 11 years 12 months 13 hours and four minutes till retirement <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, exactly. I, I know I understand that countdown. And sometimes that's the trade off for what else am I going to do? Do I even have time to think about a good alternative? And if people are caught in a job that is unfulfilling, that there doesn't have a big sense of accomplishment outside of the paycheck that they get every week or Whatever the pay period is, then, you know, they do. They start looking at the calendar. It's an accomplishment just to check off the dates
1: (laughs) one box at a
0: time to say, okay, so many weeks left, less, less. I can do it. I can do it. Because Mm -hmm. that's the finish line of that marathon, which is very sad, but it happens all the time because people get stuck. And so before they get stuck and burn out and have the physical. I did say that right this time, (laughs) the physical manifestation. (laughs) You said it right
1: both times. (laughs) Yeah,
0: okay. (laughs) Thanks for saving me there. But Mm -hmm. before they start having those health issues, which sometimes don't go away. You know, we take our health so for granted. What can we do? I mean, what's a good way to do that? Because there are all these obligations, and especially with an economy that has not been as robust as we would have liked, more employers are asking employees to do more with less. So that puts Mm -hmm. more stress on them. And it's really Mm -hmm. hard to turn off the the mind at night Mm -hmm. to say, okay, Mm -hmm. shut down when that computer is still, you know, collating and processing and you're you're thinking about things and it's hard to stop. How do you make it stop? You're saying, okay, I got to get some sleep. I got to get some sleep, but it's not happening.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, there's a number of things, and I invite people to Google my name and go to my website and look at the relaxation exercises that I've got there, all of which are credible. Uh, I learned relaxation exercises from uh, Harvard physician Dr. Herbert Benson who wrote the relaxation response. I've helped tens of thousands of people not just learn how to do the relaxation exercise but also to understand that that relaxation exercise in relaxing your mind relaxes the body. We've helped thousands and thousands of people recover from high blood pressure and in a sundry of other disorders. But high blood pressure being so pervasive and being the underlayment for a lot of cardiovascular disease is one of them that I am deeply focused on. The other the other reality is, and that exercise, by the way, will take all of 20 moments of your day. And if you can't find 20 moments of your day, I am begging you to call me. <laughs> yes. We need to talk. The The other thing that you can do is look at all the opportunities. When you're brushing your teeth in the morning, if you're a man shaving your face, if you're a man or a woman, you're brushing brushing your teeth and washing your face, when you look into the mirror, please, greet yourself and love who it is who you're seeing there. Seriously, it sounds so frivolous, but this is a very difficult exercise for people to do. Greet yourself and be appreciative that you have yet another day. And take a breath, really. And allow yourself, before you get into your clothing, to bend at the waist and just hang the top part of your body over to see if you can just relax your back and greet the floor, and slowly rise and stretch and reach the ceiling. Just reach for it. And when you do things like that, you start to notice, hey, my body needs to loosen up a little bit. Hey, maybe I'd like to do a little bit more of this. Maybe I'd like to twist to the left and twist to the right. And Gee, I remember doing things like this when I was in grade school. I wonder what happened to that. <coughs> You don't have to run to the gym and be a workout warrior and do all the heavy cardiovascular stuff. I mean, that's really healthy. But at the very minimum, connect with yourself and give yourself that time. It is your private time in the morning when you're getting ready, even if you've got a house full of people. You do have time alone in your bathroom. I've had people who I've taught these exercises, too, and they come back with all kinds of creative things. The only time I can get alone is when I'm in the bathroom and people think I'm on the commode. So I run the water and I tell them, I'm on the commode and I'm running the tub, and they go away for a little bit. And I'm just sitting on the commode with the lid closed, fully clothed, and I'm running the water and it becomes my babbling brook. You know, that's really easy. That can take 10 or 15 minutes of your time. Allow it. Gift yourself. When you're in the car and you're driving, look at yourself in the rearview mirror. You're looking in the rearview mirror anyway, very frequently, about every 10 or 15 seconds. Catch your eye. Wink at yourself. Give yourself a glance. When we do these really simple, silly things, we're demonstrating to ourselves, on a very intimate level, self-love. It's a really true statement that we need to begin with loving ourselves. It's a game that we play with babies when, we, when they're infants and we got them laying in front of us on their little backs and we take their little arms and cross them over themselves and play the game of hug yourself, hug yourself. Yeah, hug yourself, hug yourself. Love yourself. If this sounds a little too lightweight for anybody, I'd like to introduce the reality that over the course of my long career of decades of doing work as a psychologist, I've spent years working in hospice. There's nothing frivolous about working with people as they're dying. And when people are dying, they're always telling me about the ways in which they wish they would have. I have yet to meet a single person who wished that they would have spent more time working more time running to all the things that exhausted them, running to all their so-called commitments and obligations. Everybody says, I wish I had spent more time paying attention to myself, to my health, to my loves, to those people who care about me, to my garden, to taking time to do the proverbial stop and smell the roses. Because when we're taking our last breath, I don't care what you've done or who you are, you want just one more moment. So take the moment now and burn out. Think of it really truly as the candle that's burning and watch a candle burn. It goes for a long time before it really snuffs out. But as it melts down, you're watching the disintegration of all those candle wax fibers Don't allow that to be your role model. (laughs) Light the candle, see the beauty and the calm of it, and decide that you're not going to let your body and your mind and your spirit melt down. When people are burning out, they're melting down, and they end up in a puddle of tears. That's just so avoidable. Reach for the happiness. You know, I make um, house calls hospital calls, office calls, facility calls. I was in a psychiatric facility visiting a patient and I said to the nurses, This is very depressing in here. Can you can you play music? Oh yeah, sure. I said, Great. Put on happify. <laughs> <laughs> no way, doctor Carlin, are you kidding? Do I look like I'm kidding? And it was amazing what happened to these really heavily sedated people when they heard the music. And I'm being silly in there and loving it. They smiled. They got happy. They got upshifted. Stop and think every day. What can I do to upshift here in a, in a meeting? What can I do to upshift this meeting? Think happy. The, the psychology of happiness is a, a growing field, I'm happy to say. Those are all the things that we
0: need to be thinking about. What do you think of that? Well, I'm happy. Far <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it Yeah, wow. But seriously, in, in hearing you talk, there's a couple of things that just stood out for me. You know, the, the simple thing about stretching. You know, I yeah. don't know if you have a pet and how many of our listeners have a, have a pet, but if you have a dog or a cat, I mean, what's yeah. one of the first things they do after they've taken a nap? They oh, stretch, yeah. right? That big long luxurious stretch. And it doesn't matter if you want to pet them, I mean, they wouldn't even take the treat from you at that moment. No, I gotta finish stretching first.
1: <laughs> yes, so, exactly.
0: Right? right? You know, yep. and the the other thing is, you know, when you talk about being kind to yourself and, mm-hmm. you know, just like giving yourself a wink in the mirror. I mean, maybe that sounds a little narcissistic, but if yeah. you've been hyper stressed, How many times have you caught your reflection in the glass of a storefront that you're passing or in the mirror and you go, who is that? You don't even recognize yourself, right? Because you're like, wait a minute, I look like my mother or my father. Like, whoa.
1: (laughs) So What happened uh, here?
0: That's a scary thing. And that's because we've come, become so twisted inside and preoccupied and obsessed with all the things we have to do. So prioritizing, like, what's really important? What matters? What can wait? What's really urgent? Because if you listen to certain people everything's urgent. You've got to do it all immediately now. You got to multitask. You got to check this, you got to check your your texts, your emails, your your phone messages and and just oh and like you said, how do you process it? How do you get stuff done? I mean, I've seen people that are in meetings all day and they wind up staying late and hopefully they have a good staff to support them. But if you're like in a startup mode, You are doing it all and Mm -hmm. being able to pace and prioritize because that's one thing I've seen startup entrepreneurs do to their detriment is that they're focusing on only what they like to do instead of maybe some of the unsexy back office stuff that needs to be done in order to support what they're trying to do. And then all of a sudden, you know, things come crashing down because it hasn't been taken care of. So the the pacing, I think, is very important, prioritizing, because when you're making progress, that's another way to be happy, right?
1: Right. And by the way, one of the worst things that people do is lament. I am so busy. You know, in uh, the movie Blazing Saddles, Madeline Kahn does this routine on stage that is very, very funny, and everybody laughs. She comes out as this dance hall girl, and she's she's walking dramatically across the stage, and she puts her, her, her right hand, the back of her right hand, up across her forehead and sweeps across her forehead and says very dramatically as she's singing, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> and when you do that, when you are the lamenting, fetching, complaining, I'm so tired, I'm so stressed, I've got so much to do, People look at you with disdain. You're only going to get people feeling sorry for you for about one nanosecond. So stop the drama. Let it go. Go to the theater for drama. Read a a, a Stephen King novel for drama. Drama in your daily life, creating it, sustaining it, craving it, very unhealthy. Let it pass you by. And get into the moment of joy. When I wake up in the morning and I realize I'm not on a ventilator, in a hospital, immobilized, medicated, I really seriously open my eyes and say, thank you. I'm free in this moment. I don't know if I get this again ever. This might be my last time experiencing this. But I'm really grateful for it right now. Because when we're cavalier, we let everything slip. We're cavalier about our health. We're cavalier about our loves. We're cavalier about the day. We're cavalier about time. People are more concerned sometimes about money and a dollar than they are about their health and their well-being. And we need to stop and hug and kiss everyone that we love every day, every part of the day that we can, and that includes ourselves, that includes our animals, that includes the world that we find ourselves in. You know, when you're, when you're loading and emptying your dishwasher, say, thank you, I, I have this appliance. When you open and close your refrigerator, I'm grateful. I've got this appliance. There's so many people who aren't blessed with abundance in that way. And we take it all for granted. We can't really take anything for granted. We have to be grateful in the midst of it. And I really mean we have to, because in that gratitude, we find replenishment. That's the opposite of burnout. It's the opposite of the melt-away gratitude. Thank you. And when you start saying thank you, think about it in a, in a lighthearted way. Think about it in a way that goes deep into your soul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this job. Thank you for this stress. Because stress is an invitation. Pay attention. What is it that I'm stressing about? What's wrong here? What what needs a correction? Use everything that comes your way as an opportunity. If you're feeling burned out right now, say thank you. This is an opportunity. me to ask myself, what am I doing? How can I do this differently? Is this the best and highest use of me on this planet, in this moment? And if you're scared, Hannah, can't people reach out to you and to me both? Can't they turn to our resources across all the social media outlets and, and see our ideas and the ways in which we've written about and spoken about this topic and then really pause and consider, oh, and then maybe reach out to both of us and say, you know, I heard that interview. How can you help me? What would you advise me to do? What can I read? What can I try? You know, there's, there's us and people like us. There's no one who's within hearing distance of this who should not feel like they have opportunities for intervention so that they can be well. That's what we're talking about here is we're talking about well-being
0: absolutely I- you know well-being in so many ways i mean the, the the physical the spiritual which is something that you tackle for me it's about the legal well-being of a company in order to reduce their legal liability exposure so that they're smarter about the decisions that they make and can reduce the costs to their bottom line and just generally have more employee engagement productivity all the things that they're looking for so i would agree with you that if people can reach out if you're feeling burnt out Just use this as a moment to stop, you know, time out, Mm -hmm. get a cup of coffee or something that make you comfortable and take a little time for yourself to just think what's Mm -hmm. really important to you, what matters most, Mm -hmm. and just brainstorm with someone you trust or by yourself. Trust yourself that something's going on here that needs to be fixed. And then focus on who do I need to contact? How do I need to do it? What do I need in order to make it better? And just even taking a small step towards that will make you feel more empowered, more in control, which is what this is partly about getting control back mm-hmm. and make an improvement because you only have one life. It's one, you know, not a dress rehearsal. This is it. So make <laughs> the most of it. Have some fun. It's okay. It's not illegal to have fun, at least most of it isn't. And be happy. It's okay to be happy. Uh, and I think sometimes in our culture, we lose sight of that. If you're not stressed, if you're not a high-powered, whatever it is you're trying mm-hmm. to accomplish, then it, that's not good enough. It's like, no, no. Um. Now, there's that that story about the man who goes on vacation and he he goes out on a fishing boat and he's the uh, the fisherman says oh you know I I know where the fish are so they go out and sure enough they catch a whole lot and he comes back he goes you know if you went out there and we stayed a little longer we could catch more fish and if you had a bigger boat we could catch a whole lot of fish and then we could you know we could export and we could do and we could build this business this global business and you know then you could retire. And and he says and retire and do what he goes well you could do what you like He goes I like to fish so do, do. And I was like okay so what do you really want you know why are you why are you killing yourself um, anyhow Doctor Deb I'm just appreciate your time. Love talking to you. Could talk all day, but I realize we've got limited amount of time. I would love like for you to share with our listeners, someone who's influenced you over your career, in your thought process, in your thought leadership, because you do have a wealth of experience and knowledge about this field and how it affects us in all walks of life, in our business, in our personal life. Now, who's been important to you?
1: Hmm. You know, I have a long list of people who are dear to me and I've got a long list of people who I've paid to advise me and lead me and guide me. And I, and I always go back to my origins and I start with my beloved parents. I was, let's see, I want to say lucky, blessed, I'm grateful for who it was that I was born to because they were good, solid people, both entrepreneurs. They were the full range human beings. They were not phony, they were not twisted. They were good, kind, and smart, and they exposed me to the world and how to cope with it and how to remember to be integral and to be kind, to be gentle, gentle with the self, gentle with others, be funny, and, and stay grounded no matter how high you fly. Remember, to be grounded so that you're authentic so that you're real they were the biggest influence on me um, and I love them dearly for that and I love them in the beyond now sadly for that that would be my first
0: well I'm sorry they're no longer with you
1: mm.
0: but I'm grateful that their spirit continues to live through you and through the work that you do and the people that you help so that is a good thing and I thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your wisdom, for helping us take the concept of burnout, turn it inside out, and into a an awakening and an awareness of, you know, you have an opportunity to make things better and why it's really necessary for you to do that for your own health and well-being as well as the people around you. So thanks so much. Great to have You're you.
1: Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, as ever, it's a pleasure, Hannah.
0: Thank you for joining me today. You can get more information about today's guest and the show notes on our website, businessconfidentialradio.com. And connect with me on social media. I'd love to hear from you and stay in touch. Next week, Business Confidential Now with Hannah Hazel-Kelchner will be back with more business information and inside scoop you need to succeed in your business till then